perfectly in tone but tune tonight. Okay. You brought it back. It's Is awesome. Because you feel sad for my voice. No. Although I do feel sad for your voice. I've been waiting for this intro to be brought back for a long time. So, well, isn't it awesome? Doesn't it fire you up? So we play this a lot, but it's, it's really apropos because this Sunday is that awesome gospel reading from Luke 12, where Jesus says, I came to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already ablaze. And you know what's really cool is, is I've been studying a lot of these like power statements by Jesus. First of all, two, two main things stand out. First of all, that people, when they experience us talk and enthusiastically about Jesus. Some people may say to us, you're so over the top. And I want to say, have you read scripture? Have you heard what Jesus is saying? He's saying, I came to set the world on fire and how I wish it were already ablaze. So clearly Jesus is on fire and he's inviting us to be on fire and to speak not just, you know, theatrically or dramatically because it sounds good, but he wants to fill our hearts so much that we are proclaiming his glory. The second thing that I want to say about this is that we can't do it on our own. We need God's grace. The Pentecost, we need God's grace. And the popes have spoken time and again about this baptism in the Holy Spirit. Um, it's not a new sacrament. It's, it's fanning the flame of that grace that we're given through the sacraments. So I suspect many of us, if we're really honest tonight, um, faithful folks, you hear us say this a lot, and I, it, to me, I look in the mirror and I have to examine, yes, I want to be an observant Catholic. I want to pray. I want to have a disciplined life. I want to go to Mass. I want to pray the Rosary. I want to lead my kids in the right way. But if there's a dryness, now hear me on this, God allows dryness. He allows darkness that we can love Him purely. Yes. But for many, many years, maybe even centuries, we may be deprived of that joy, that freshness, because we're not open to the Holy Spirit. There may be something at the core of us that kind of is a savior complex. Hey, I'm doing this by my good actions. I'm doing this because, you know, I'm observant. I'm doing it right. And God to us may be saying, I want to breathe my life into you. And so we're very blessed tonight as we look to this coming Sunday, that reading, to have a number of things between now and then. Right now we've got an Ignite going on at St. Peter's in Huron. Woohoo! Uh, Father Jeff Macbeth, awesome crew. And we're gearing up for the Ignite Catholic Family Festival this coming Saturday. And uh, really, we're down to the last 24 hours to register for this. We're, we're really, quite frankly, surprised and overwhelmed by the numbers that are registering for this and the people that are coming. Um, it's at Holy Trinity in Swanton. It's going to be a great journey, a great event. You're going to hear great music, and it's all thematized on the Our Father. There's going to be a journey of family. If you're single, divorced, we have a grandparent track. I mean, this means you, everybody. So where should you go? Greg, where should we go? Thank you for asking. Go to ignitefamily.eventbrite.com. Ignitefamily.eventbrite.com and register right now. And uh, even a discount code, I'm going to give it to you right now. Very simple. Thy kingdom come. So ignitefamily.eventbrite.com will show you what we're about this coming Saturday at the second annual Ignite Catholic Family Festival. Family means you. Everybody who's listening, you'll, you'll be blessed as a result of this. And I just want to uh, give Father Mike Danderan a shout out and his and crew team, out there who have been um, more than helpful. So uh, hospitable and then some and just so willing to do whatever it takes to make it the day that um, we pray that the Lord desires it mm. to be and so and that keyword is pray also because we know that they are covering all of this in prayer so um, thank you Holy Trinity community with a special woohoo 
to the exponential woohooness to Father Mike Danzeran. <laughs> and, uh, you know, folks, it's, I, I'm feeling it, you know, uh, more than feeling. I mean, that kind of spiritual sense. Sensing might, might be a better word. I'm sensing that against the backdrop of some bleak things going on in our community, in our country, in our world, against the backdrop, the light is shining brighter and God is wanting to pour forth his grace, but he needs us to open that door. He needs us to say yes. He needs us to receive that grace. And this is going to be, it can happen anytime. Tonight, we hope in the next hour, you're going to be impacted through our guests and by our talking about this outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Yes, yes, yes. But this Saturday is going to be a singular opportunity. And just to have you maybe focus this, um, where are we going to be a year from now? And if the question were asked of you, how much further are you in your faith as a disciple of Jesus Christ? How much richer is your home life? How much richer is your marriage? How much more alive in Jesus Christ is your parish as a result of a commitment you made a year ago on August 5th, 9th, 2016, one year from now? So really, we should all want to be there, right? We should all want to be growing, and it's not just going to happen. It has to, it's an intentional thing. It's, yes, God, I want to have a richer, fuller marriage and family and parish, and show me a path where we can do this together. We're all about, with this mass impact thing, more than a moment, but a movement. We're about intentionally responding to the treasures of our faith. Tear up the name mass impact imagery. Who cares? We're not about, our mission is not mass impact. Mass Impact is for the mission of becoming disciples, personal, family, and parish overflowing to the world. So check it out. Join us this coming Saturday. You will not be disappointed. Just to echo that a bit, Greg, you know, you mentioned um, just the darkness in the world right now and the confusion and the craziness and the evil and the spiritual battle going on, um, which can really weigh down heavily. And here's an opportunity um, to claim the joy, claim the victory, claim the community that the Lord desires us to have. And just to take that time together um, to be reinvigorated, to connect with so many people who share that faith or who need help along the journey, or maybe we're those people too, right? We all need to walk with each other. Our daughter Catherine wrote down a quote for me last week that she came across that I just want to share with you. One of the greatest blessings we can offer to the world is a Christ-centered home where the gospel is taught, covenants are kept, and love abounds. That's awesome. And the world needs that shining light. So we pray that Saturday will be an opportunity um, just to fuel that flame a little bit brighter. Let's open in prayer, and then we're going to introduce our awesome guests whom you've heard before, so to create some anticipation. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. Lord, you fashioned us for yourself. Five minutes ago doesn't exist. Five years ago doesn't exist. But this moment, you are present to us. As you were at the burning bush, you revealed yourself as the great I am. I am for whatever you need. You're speaking to us right now. I am. Whatever that struggle is, physical, spiritual, emotional, relational, Lord, open our hearts to experience the power of your presence in this very moment. We love you. We desire to love you more. We trust in you. We desire to trust in you more. Pour forth your spirit into our minds and our hearts, God, that it would overflow through us to those around us with great power. We pray in your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, without any further ado, two very special guests, ladies before gentlemen, 
Greg and I will give her intro via song. Three, two, one. And a camper. That was even kind of in harmony. It was. <laughs> Sorry. Anna. That was wonderful. Thank you. So for our listeners, Anna was our intern, our intern. She's just so fun with words. We miss you so much, Anna. We, we were blessed to have her all summer with us. And uh, she is a, a beautiful young woman who, not only a faithful Catholic, but really, by God's grace and anointing, really came alive. And she responded to this grace at Duquesne. Many of our listeners may know that as the birthplace of the Catholic charismatic renewal in 67, Ralph Martin and <laughs> Sister Ann Shields. And, uh, you know, Anna never knew these folks, but down there, coming to that place, had a very powerful experience through the whole year, became a very dynamic leader, really her freshman year, and then continued this past mm-hmm. sophomore year. And uh, she comes back to us uh, here on the phone as anticipating year number three and um, beautiful family. You know, Linda, Pat, and Paul, they're all dear friends of ours. And um, she comes back to us from World Youth Day. So we're going to get to that in just a second, but let's cue up person number two so they know who else is with us we need to, we need to come up with something for this wonderful <laughs> guest it's just yo okay dude. yo dude our dear friend from the dear wonderful banana man, bandana man. <laughs> catholic youth summer camp which we've been talking about and featuring and just one of the great leaders down there who brings so much to so many people mr eddie, eddie hickle rhymes with pickle and tickle our kids would Thank say you. actually actually like the bandana man intro um i think i was like i think was saying like what's gonna happen um, yeah yeah, yeah. I appreciate okay that. bandana man 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 awesome until we get a little more edm how about that i am so cool edm electronic dance music thank you son john paul uh grandparents <laughs> if you want to be all cool with your kids just you know use that acronym edm do i even have it right i'm, I'm not, not really sure. confident with it i think you guys would know better than me so anyways let's start with you anna so you are fresh off of an awesome experience with El Papa. Tell us yes. about it. How'd you end up going and just give us the, the highlights? Well, um, I actually, I ended up going with uh, a friend from school, from Duquesne, uh, who asked me to go freshman year. So um, so we had just become friends. It only been, um, you know, a couple months of our first year, but he was uh, one of those people that I, I knew would really understand me and my faith. And, you know, our, both of us had this really strong desire to, to grow closer to Christ you know, coming to school. So we were just, you know, fresh into college, and he asked me to come on this trip with him, and he said, um, you know, he knew that he was going with this parish, and they had this really good group, and um, and I didn't really, I wasn't connected with anybody, any group that would have gone to World hmm. Youth Day yet. You know, I hadn't gotten into the Pittsburgh Diocese or, you know, anything like that. So, um, so I figured it was a great opportunity and kind of took a leap uh, two years ago, really, and uh, it's so funny to see it kind of, all culminate this summer just you know how much we've changed and grown and um you know we we've stayed friends through the years and it was just really good to go um, with him and his parish they were from houston texas um a lot of good things going on down there but um my time in poland was really really incredibly blessed and um you know the fact that we were safe and the fact that um you know just the grace abounded is just amazing and uh, i i met so many new wonderful people and saw so many familiar faces um from the u.s you know i got to meet bishop robert Barron, who i've listened to um you know for the last couple of years and um and i got to meet, see some of my old friar friends out there and um wow. just a lot of really great connections and a really really 
exciting experience. So at the same time you were there, our press was full of a lot of the negative things that have been happening here, very ugly political season. Um, you've got violence going on, the lingering clouds and shadows of, of you know, killing police and just all, all mm-hmm. of those things are happening. And uh, what we needed to hear most was the good news, right? We need to hear, mm-hmm. um, and certainly the Holy Father and people coming, but what moved these individual people, everybody had their own unique story, and it was a mm-hmm. radiant story of faith, whether it be the, the money it took to get there, uh, the circumstances to get there. Share with us kind of, you know, I don't know, along the lines of inspiring our listeners, the story or the message that was uh, resounding there. What were you feeling? Well, I think um, the most powerful thing really is what just what you're saying, the fact that there is so much darkness um, in our world right now. And um, I would say one moment that really kind of um, points to that was our we had this what they called an XLT. It was a life team run um, adoration and procession. Um, for all English speakers. So we had a night with Matt Marr, Audrey Assad, Bishop Robert Barron, you know, some wonderful people all in this one big arena. And I think there were about 18,000 English speakers, and they had the Bishop of Iraq come and speak about persecution, and they had um, some people from Syria come and speak about how when they leave their homes, they don't know if um, their family will be there when they return or if they'll... ever return, Um, you know, just these extremely heavy stories. Even one group, um, one group was there that had um, flown through Munich and there was a shooting right right in front of them, you know, and they they decided to continue and to come, you know, and to not let the devil get in the way of this, you know, extremely important event. Um, So they all came, they're all there. We're all there together, and there's just this heaviness in the air after talking about this persecution and, you know, feeling the weight of, you know, this being the century where, you know, there's so many people, so many of our brothers and sisters dying um, for their faith. And um, and we're sitting there, and then, you know, Jesus comes, and just this mm. slow procession with Bishop Robert Barron is just smiling, this huge smile on his face, looking up at Jesus, walking through the crowd, Everyone turns, you know, and just the lights are down, and it's just, you know, one spotlight is on him. And we all just felt just the the change, you know, the victory was there. And um, it was just a beautiful night. From there, we just all praised together, and we danced, and we laughed, and it was joy-filled. It was extremely joy-filled. Um, and it was just, you know, we all, we forgot, you know, where we came from and the struggle. And for that night, we were just with Jesus. And he, you know, he had trumped everything, you know, and there were pictures of John Paul II and, mm-hmm. um, you know, Maximilian Colby and the mm-hmm. martyrs, people who had given their lives. And we were all together, you know, and it was really powerful, you know, and that, that joy, despite the darkness, was kind of a big um, a big touch point for us, and you know, Pope Francis also talked about just how how we need to stand together, and how our faith really is the only thing that can can get us through. Um, so I would say that was one of the big themes of our of our trip. That's that's awesome. I want to shift to you, Eddie, just to give us a little bit of a taste of your uh, coming off of the past number of weeks, eight plus weeks as one of the top leaders at Catholic Youth Summer Camp. Of course, our listeners know we've uh, had a number of your wonderful people checking in and a couple even episodes on this. And uh, just to refresh their memory, we're about forming disciples and not just for a moment, not just for a day or that hour of adoration or even a week, but to live it out 
And uh, I just want to kind of cue that um, when I asked people the question, I was interviewing some of the uh, staff at CYSC, um, my daughter uh, had said, you know, Dad, people, um, they're not so much afraid of the ropes courses, though some are afraid of some of these high adventure things. The thing these kids are most afraid of are having to go back to a home where they aren't encouraged in that vitality. Um, I don't know, speak to that, Eddie, and tell us, you know, maybe also along with that key point of, you know, encouraging parents to foster that vitality, um, you know, maybe also tell us your own personal experience. What difference did uh, serving as a missionary, a Catholic missionary on this campus, make a difference for you? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, and Annie said, you know, they're not really scared of the high rope scores. They're scared of going home. Like, that's true, because at camp, like, in praise and worship and adoration, you know that Jesus is real. You know that he's fully present, but it's when you get back to your real life and then the world starts to creep up on you. The friends that you left are trying to make you come back into the way that you once were. Your parents who aren't really practicing, you know, you're on like this Jesus high, like what, what do you do? Like I, like campers leave terrified and they're like, I, you know, as badly as I want to, like, like how, how am I going to do this? And I think, you know, Jesus speaks to it so well. He always says, like, do not be afraid, for I am always with you. And I think, mm. you know, even going back to, like, homes that families are involved, if you look to Jesus as your strength and you look to him as your complete center, like, you're going to change the world. You're actually going to bring revival. Like, what you learn at camp is not meant just to stay at camp. It's not like, all right, Friday's here. Hope you guys had fun. Now go back into your real life. Like, no. Like, and I understand their pain. Like, time and time again, I come, I came back from camp when I was a camper. Um, five years I was a camper, and every time I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. And then I go home, and I have to hang out with, you know, siblings and parents <laughs> when I was younger who, you know, were with it but weren't really with it. Um, and it was all about, okay, I have to make a choice, and I have friends at my parish that I know love Jesus, and I have friends at youth group that will call me out of holiness, that want to grow in holiness with each other. Um, and I know so much, like, as a college student being 22 years old, like, having people like, oh, community, like, you need community. As much as, like, a 22-year-old needs it, like, so do kids. Right. Like, everything that we teach them and everything that we believe, like, so should they, like, just because two 22-year-olds are, like, accountability partners, like, doesn't mean two 13-year-olds can't be. Mm-hmm. Like, in my opinion... Two 13-year-olds could probably change the world better than, like, two 22-year-olds, you know, in my opinion. Um, so I think, you know, just to not be afraid and understand, like, you didn't come to camp to be terrified. You came to camp to encounter the Lord, and you did. Mm. And you need to take that out. You need to take that with you. And, like, you, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. You're filled with the Spirit. That Spirit's not meant to die. That Spirit's meant to continue to live on, to keep pushing and pushing and pushing, like, when it gets hard, you know that's when the Lord is in your corner the most. That's not when Jesus runs away. No, Jesus never runs away. It's when we run away from him when it gets rough. But in reality, we need to run closer to him in that rough time. Um, awesome. Awesome. Both of you guys so uh, impress us. Um, and as we know, all glory to God. And, and we also know that um, a lot of the joy of the gospel, the joy of Christ alive, comes by way of brokenness. And it's in the Mass. This is my body broken for you. So, in fact, even the reading, the gospel reading that we like to speak of, this Luke twelve forty nine, setting the world on fire, how we should already ablaze, it goes on to, after that first sentence, it kind of gets bleak after that. Jesus talks about his death and his suffering. So, I, 
I think there's kind of an important message here maybe for all of us who are asking the question, how do I live this out? And I want your guys' response on this in a moment. How do you live out this vitality? What is it? What isn't it? Is it a feeling, et cetera, et cetera? But a, a key point, I think, in just about everywhere we see um, uh, the, the saints, certainly catechism, certainly scriptures speak of this vitality in Christ. The resurrection is connected to the cross. Uh, there, there's a sense of our willingness to, um, to go to the darkness, to allow the darkness and to see that Christ is no less present, but that faithful perseverance. And just a quick note, you know, I'm reading uh, Mother Angelica's, it's actually Raymond Arroyo's third installment, but it's kind of the second uh, of the major ones of Mo- Mother Angelica's uh, darkness that she experienced in the latter days of her life when she was infirm and all the behind the scenes chaos. I mean, you think talk about politics on the national scene. Maybe it's kind of an encouragement for our listeners to hear and to read that book and hear Raymond, who loves Mother Angelica, loves the Order, loves EWTN, talk about politics and the struggles and the challenges, the darkness um, that is woven into the human experience. But God is in that. So just both of your thoughts, you're 20-somethings, both of you, you both are at very powerful experiences. You're both navigating through what does this mean? Is it about sustaining the emotions? Give us some practical insight for you guys personally of what it means to foster this love relationship with Jesus. You want to go first? You want me to? Sure. I'll go first. Um, I think one of the things for me is just the small um, little sacrifices, um, like things that are just uncomfortable. Um, You know, like there are those huge things that I, you know, encountered over in Poland. You see Maximilian Kolbe stepping forward and, Mm -hmm. you know, like giving up his life in the place of this father, you know, of a family. And, um, you know, we may be asked to do that, and we probably will be asked to do that. But um, for me, even just this last weekend, I felt like, um, you know, I saw this. We were at this, you know, social event um, with a couple families, and there was this guy standing there who was, um, he was just standing alone. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I know I need to go talk to him. I know, you know, this is an opportunity for me to step up. And it's, like, uncomfortable, and it's like, what do I say to him? I don't know him. He's just a random guy with a mustache. But I just, like, went over to him and started talking to him, and he turned out to be this this guy who was just, like, totally searching um, for truth and searching for God and searching for more. And um, he had been to India. He had changed his name to this Indian name for courage, and he had just been searching, like, from guru to guru. We had this crazy conversation. Um, but he, he just said like, oh, would you identify with the statement that you are God? And I said, no, I, I don't. There's, you know, there's so much more. And we got to have this great conversation. And I think, um, I just think that God, you know, even in the darkness or the uncomfortableness or the, you know, strangeness of any situation, like he's there and people are just searching for him, you know, and if you know it and you know it's true and um, you know that God is with you, it's just like you have to, you have to share it. You have to share that truth. And, um, and he just gives you the strength in the moment. And, you know, um, so I think that just for me as a practical thing, it's just to, to be open to God speaking in a moment and saying, Hey, go talk to this person and go, you know, be there for this person. Um, and just listening and obeying, like kind of like giving up that, um, that strange feeling or that uncomfortable thing and just, you know, kind of doing it. And God is just so with you in those moments. And um, he was with me, you know, with this guy. And um, and I think that's just a note for us to take is to really kind of step out and to be there for people. Very powerful word. I've got some thoughts, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to subvert my brother. Eddie, lay it on us. What's on your heart? 
Um, in my opinion, like real talk, feelings feelings die out. Your emotions die out. Like the way you feel at camp isn't the way you're gonna feel like two weeks after you get home. But like you learn every day at camp, like Jesus went up on that cross and he died for you. He just wasn't up there being like, Hey, how you doing? No, like he called each and every one of us out by name. Mm. And love, love isn't a feeling. Love is a choice. Mm. All right? So, like, we might feel like we're in love with the Lord at camp, and that's wonderful. And then once we get home and, like, those feelings die out, we're like, oh, we don't love the Lord anymore. No. You have to choose to love the Lord. You have to choose to set His world on fire for Him. Mm. Jesus just doesn't say, go set my world on fire just to sound cool. No. He means that. It doesn't mean just to go home and just sit on your rear end and just watch, like, Netflix for the next 10 hours of your life. Like, no. Like, you are called to be a disciple of the Lord. And, like, I know a practical way that I always dealt with this is always, okay, I'm getting home. Okay, now I have to start my relationship with the Lord. Because, like, all we did camp, like, I know He's with me. But sometimes when I get home, I know that I might not feel His presence, but He's always going to be there. And I think, you know, the easiest way is just to start in prayer. Like, don't dive into an hour, because if you try to pray for an hour a day, trying to start a relationship, you're going to fail. Yeah. You're going to think, oh, man, that was hard. Jesus stinks. No. <laughs> then, you know, you've got to go out in a practical way. Like, start with five minutes, then build up to 10 to 15 to 20, and understand that, like, Jesus did not create you for mediocrity, you know? He created you for greatness. Like, he puts you on this earth because he has a desire for you. He has a plan for you to go set this world on fire, to go into your families, to go into your schools, to go into your church, into your youth group, and to revive the Catholics that aren't living fully. And I learned, I think I learned something really important this last week at camp, that age is strictly a number. Like, I, I've always, like, known it, and in my heart, like, I've tried to believe it, but at the same time, like, nah, I've seen campers that, like, are 12, and they're just, like, picking their nose or whatever. Like, I've seen that. But then praying Precious. with a small group of guys this last week that were all sixth grade, all of them were 11 except one, he was a 13-year-old, and all of them were just praying so hard over each other and just, like, yelling and getting bold with the Spirit. I was like... This this is what Jesus wants. Like, it's not just for the 20-year-olds or the 18-year-olds. No, like, Jesus calls every single age to live out their lives for him. And if we don't do that, like, that's our own fault. Mm-hmm. It's our choice when we get back. And that choice is difficult. But with Jesus in your corner, you're not going to fail. When Jesus is your strength, you're not going to fail. If you try to do it on your own, if you try to have a relationship with Jesus on your own, or if you try to do practicals on your own, you will fail. That's that's not me being like, oh, I know everything. No, that, that's real. Mm. But when you have Jesus backing you up every second of the day, you're not going to fail. You're going to succeed. You know, are you still going to go through hard times? Yes. But at the same time, the Lord is going to carry you through those hard times with strength. You know, like Anna said, like, you know, little sacrifices throughout the day, offering of little things for people like you want your soul to yearn for the Lord. Mm. Like you don't want your body to just, die or you're still just a diet you can't know you want it to yearn and you want it to stay hungry Amen. um 
Eddie and Anna, you guys are awesome. Folks, you're tuned into Ignite Radio Live over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. And uh, we're kind of uh, just opening the door tonight to talk about um, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives and living for Jesus Christ, what it takes, what it is, and what it isn't. And we're inviting you to join in that conversation. Maybe you have a comment for us tonight. And I know Eddie and Anna didn't exactly put a timeline on this, and we're easy going here. If you got to you know, cut out in the middle of something, we won't take it personally. We understand. Great to have you with us. But uh, the number for folks is 877-275-8098, 877-275-8098. And I just have to ask, um, what was it like to be in Poland with the backdrop, backdrop of our beloved John Paul II and mm. just how was that incorporated into World Youth Day, which he started many years ago and just that whole picture. Can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. That was um, one of my favorite parts was just getting to know John Paul II through, um, you know, we got to see his home and we got to see his parish um, and we got to see um, just how powerfully he's worked in that area and um, and around the world. I know everyone, you know, everyone from every country was just so all in for John Paul II, you know, just praying his intercession Um and it really was. It's amazing to see, um, you know, all of these people coming together and just how much he's affected them. And uh, so many of the adults on our trip had said, oh, my gosh, he is the man who changed my life. He looked into my eyes on, you know, on this road youth day, and he changed my life in that one moment. Um, and they said, you know, I I feel as though I saw Jesus, you know, when I saw this person, um, which is so amazing, you know. And so it was so good to learn about him and just, you know, in in the darkness again of Auschwitz and of, um, you know, World War II and of, you know, Poland just has this really rocky past. You know, it wasn't even a country for a while. It was just wiped off the map. Um, and, and yet this culture was preserved. And, you know, John Paul II did so much work to, you know, to keep this, like, all the theater and all the plays and all the art alive, you know, when when he was in the underground seminary and all these different things. So we really, we just learned how strong he was and, um, and his just devotion, devotion, devotion to Mary. Um, you know, there were streets named Totus Tuus and, that's, you know, it's just really, so beautiful. Really you see cool. it everywhere. You know, it's, it's, it's not just, um, you know, one, you know, portion of, you know, Poland's history that's kind of packed away. It's, it's really in the fabric of the town of Krakow and, um, you know, Wadowice and all of these different places, you know, Czestochowa. It's amazing. It's really permeating everywhere. And, um, you know, his spirit is there. And uh, Pope Francis spoke so much to um, the inspiration that John Paul II had given him and um, and how he was just, you know, present and smiling, um, you know, at such a, you know, at such a blessed event. So mm. it really was powerful. And, and I felt that I learned a lot and I grew closer to him, you know, as a friend, uh, as someone to look to, especially for, you know, inspiration and, and just his artistry and his, um, his love and his, you know, shepherd heart, all of those things. Beautiful. Beautiful. So um, love, love that can move a planet, love that can change the world, love of certainly many people that formed uh, Carol Wojtyla, Pope John Paul II, love of his parents, a sacrifice, but love, God who is love. And I just want to keep that fire kindled here for a moment as both of you are proclaiming it, and Eddie was bringing it, and that's exactly what we want, and it's what people are wanting to hear. That's what they're wanting to know. And, you know, I think I, I want to ask a question, you know, just for us to think about, you know, what stands in the way of us being on fire 
again, Luke 12, 49 this Sunday, God, Jesus wants the earth to be on fire. What stands in the way? And when I think about that question, I like to think about screw tape letters. For our listeners, this great work of C.S. Lewis that has this senior tempter screw tape who advises Wormwood, his little devil, you know, to uh, advise as they call him his patient, wants to keep him from heaven and instructs him, if you will, in ways to work with the way he thinks and acts or whatever to, to misdirect him. So here's the question. I think to those who are faithful Catholics, if you will, those of us who are listening right now are Christians. You know, we love God. We go to Mass, etc. What is one tactic that screw tape might say to Wormwood, one of the things I think he'd say is, you know, um, he'd say, be consumers. Make them spiritual consumers. Have them think about faith as something that they consume, that they always thinking in terms of what I get, my spirituality, my books, my time with God, my prayer, my, 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 consume my stuff. And I say that because what I heard from both of you guys when I kind of asked that question, you both went in the direction of, and I, we say this often with uh, Mass Impact, the three movements of Christ. It's woven into every drama, every story, every movie, life, death, and resurrection. But these movements of empty, fill, and overflow. Jesus Christ himself evidenced those movements. And we, fashioned in his nature, are also called to participate in this drama. Empty, fill, and overflow. And it is embedded in the liturgy. The Eucharist really is the, the rich center point where we discover that identity and we live it and we're strengthened in it. Empty, fill, and overflow. So what's my point? Um, my point is that often coming off of CYSC or World Youth Day or that retreat or that moment, if we're still thinking, what can I get to feed me? We're missing the point that we're meant to be instruments and that God wants to breathe that life through us to have his heart for others, for the person that you spoke with, Anna, or Eddie, you know, all summer long, that you guys prayed fervently, Lord, give me your heart for those other people. Honestly, I'll just be pretty bold and I'll say, I don't think it's possible to languish or to have an absence of God if we are constantly saying, Lord, give me your heart for others. And folks, what does that mean? Suddenly, if this is true, your spouse and your family become the occasion of God's love in invigorating your life because he wants you right now to say, give me your heart, God, for that my spouse is driving me nuts. Give me your heart for my child who is wayward or disinterested or fill in the blank, whatever struggle may be. Give me your, how do you see that person? And then that insight, Lord, anoint my heart to have the right words and the love that you have for them. So, I mean, I just, I'm fired up that you guys, you know, you shared that and you kind of went in that direction and that you're a culture, let's face it, I think we're a culture that's maturing to that point through just empty and fill, getting my moment of being filled, but to overflowing. And let me ask you, so both of you guys are, Eddie, you're going to be going to NET, the National Evangelization Team, but you're in a culture, you're in that sea of people where a vast majority, 75%, no longer go to Mass. And uh, let's face it, a lot of kids on campus are living very differently. Um, what signs of hope do you see uh, on the campus with um, people that are your age and encountering Christ and living it? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I went on this trip with one of my friends from school, and um, and actually we ended up uh, meeting a girl who's going to be a freshman at Duquesne, and um, and the three of us kind of bonded over you know, this is our school and this is our place, but this is also, you know, our mission. Like, this is where God has put us. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he really placed us there for mm-hmm. a reason. So I think, um, you know, there's so much hope in just, you know, such small numbers, you know, like, um, you know, just 
a small intentional community can change, you know, the world just as the disciples did. Um, so I have hope for, um, you know, for just a few of us to just pray and to just, you know, offer up those sacrifices. Um, but again, like the fact that there were 2.5 million uh, young people in Poland who had traveled, you know, hours and had sacrificed so much, you know, that's, that's one of those things is like, it's not easy and it's not a moment. It's, um, it's like, we're offering this, you know, we're carrying prayers with us and we're bringing them to this place. So I think, um, what you'd say itself was kind of like a, a point of hope for me to say, you know, um, there's so many young people around the world who are so in love and so willing to give up this time and to, you know, to go through the, you know, the baking sun and the sweat and the tears and, you know, all those things. Um, so I think there are, I mean, they're out there and we're, you know, so united. Um, but yeah, I just think the fact that, uh, that there's, there's a community of us and that, you know, the universal church, we're so united and, um, you know, even in, in the masses that are offered, you know, in every place around the world at every different hour, it's like, you know, there's grace just flowing all the time. Um, so, I mean, that's just a comfort to me. And like, like Eddie said, if, if Christ is with you, there's just no way that you can lose and it can be uncomfortable. It can be a struggle and it will be, you know, I know myself, it's been, it's been hard, you know, with, with all the different voices and all the different influences that are coming at you. Um, but I know that Christ is real. I know that he is mine and I am his. And, um, in that simple truth, it's like, okay, I don't need to worry, you know, how I'm feeling or, you know, it's like my value, even, you know, the divers from the, the Olympics said, you know, they weren't nervous about this big dive because they know that their identity is not in winning. It's just mm. in Christ, you know, Christ yeah, loves me and he died for me. Yes. Um, so I think those simple truths um, are just so, so inspiring and so, you know, they just, you know, they carry you on, they keep you going. Um, so just relying on those truths and, and being being firm in them, I guess. Um, we need to cut to a commercial in a moment, but could each of you take just a few moments and um, speak to someone out there who may be needing a real word of encouragement right now? Eddie, we'll let you go first. Um, just like it, the last like, 20 minutes, this word fear has just been on my heart. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people right now are just like struggling with this fear, like, okay, yeah, like I need to set this world on fire, but I'm, I'm scared because the world does not say love Jesus Christ. The world says, no, you have to have sex. You got to just party. You got to like have the most friends. You got to have like the worldly possessions. Like if I go against that, if I go against the status quo of the world, like what well, I can't do that or my life will be over. No. Jesus even says in the gospel, what is it to a man if he gains the entire world but loses his entire soul? In this world, we have, if we're lucky, 100 years, if that. And that's, that's, on a, good, that's, that's a good life, you know? And if you're going to live that life being fearful and living for the world as opposed to Jesus, your soul goes on to eternity. You've got to put that fear in the back seat. Understand that, that Jesus is going to take that fear and he's going to turn it around and he's going to show you joy. He's going to show you peace in that. So if you're fearful right now, thinking that you can't set the world on fire, that you can't go against what the world says is dumb or you can't turn away from the world, like, yes. Yes, you can. And when you turn away, you bring five people with you. 
Because as much as you desire to get to heaven, we're also called to bring so many others with us. So don't don't be afraid. Jesus says it so many times. Do not be afraid. What do you have to fear? When you give Jesus your entire life, guess what? You're going to end eternity in heaven. The best party on the face of the earth. Heaven is better than the red carpet. Hate to break it. Hollywood fans out there. Heaven is the ultimate red carpet. And, like, when we get up to heaven, like, I don't know about you, but I, like, want to strut my way past those <laughs> golden gates and be like, yo, how you doing, baby? Yep, yep. like, Token bandanas handed out at the golden gates. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's what you're called. Like, don't be afraid. Like, give the Lord your fear, and he's going to turn it into joy and peace. Awesome. Anna? Um, just the image that I get is of Jesus holding the little lamb close to his heart and um, just really carrying him. And I, I just, that's kind of the thing that I think about if I ever am discour- um, discouraged or um, if I'm ever down. It's like, mm. wow, I just have, I have this friend who is holding me and who is loving me and who, you know, comes to find me when I'm lost. And if I say the wrong words, you know, he just picks me up and holds me, and he makes it better. You know, he can he can make it all better. You know, and um, and the fact that we have this father who makes all things work for good. Yeah. It's like you know, as much as we try and as much as we beat our heads against the wall, we can't do it all, and we can't you know make things perfect. We try our best, and we give it everything that we have. But that's all that he asks. It's just that we give it what we have and at the end of the day he's there to hold us and you know we're just these little sheep and we just do the best that we can but he is there to hold us and and that image is what always comforts me it's just that you know he loves me so much and he just has this you know look on his face if you ever um see these beautiful paintings of you know the good shepherd holding you know his beloved little sheep it's just um i think of that image and i offer you that image um you know just that you are a child of God and that you are his little lamb and that he cares for you so much. Eddie and Anna, we love you both so much and so blessed Amen. even more to just be kindred with you as disciples of Jesus Christ, a source of encouragement and the fullness of our Catholic faith. We pray for an abundance of blessing on each of you, and we do hope to uh, check in. Folks, you are tuned in to Ignite Radio Live over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio, and we're lighting it up here tonight. Stay tuned. We'll be back on the other side with uh, Connor Flanagan, who will be with us this Saturday. Stay tuned. Did you see the Guardians of the Galaxy? Did you watch the Packer game? How's your portfolio? Pizza is awesome. What we talk about doesn't just reveal what's important to us. It reveals who's important to us. This week, take a risk to grow deeper. Consider throwing in one of these. What's your biggest challenge right now? Hey, what can I pray for you for? What can I do to make your life easier right now? How about joining us for Mass this Sunday? Yeah, and coming over for breakfast. Let's pray the Holy Communion we receive correspond to a holy community we live. This has been a Mass Impact Moment. Join the great adventure at massimpact.us. Games are something you play with a board, not with a soul. Let's not sugarcoat this. Satan is getting many to join him through a door called pornography. That door is everywhere a device is. The consequences are devastating. They don't sidestep those who go to Mass. In fact, most practicing Catholic men report falling regularly. Many are addicted. Please listen. Knowing all this is not enough. If you or those you love don't have filtering on your computers or devices, you're playing games with souls. You're leaving the door wide open. Please join us now in shutting that door. Go right now to MassImpact.us. 
U.S. Click on Covenant Eyes. That's MassImpact.us Covenant Eyes. It's a very small price to pay for eternity. When you pray about how God might want you to be a steward with your tithe to make a big difference, please consider the work of Mass Impact, a dynamic Catholic new evangelization movement at the very heart of our church, making a difference in literally thousands of lives. Partner with us now in what recent popes have called the church's most important mission. Go to MassImpact.us and click on the Contribute tab. Thank you and God bless. Listen up. Right now, you need to drop everything and come down to this awesome, big Catholic family reunion. We're hearing inspiring music, amazing speakers, playing some fun games, spending time with some of your favorite people on the planet. It closes with an awesome, uplifting outdoor ignite. Nah, you didn't miss it. And we don't want you to. So mark your calendar right now for August 13th, our second Ignite Catholic Family Festival. For a short time, all tickets are discounted at ignitefamily.eventbrite.com. Brought to you by Mass Impact. More than a moment, a movement. Welcome back, everybody, to Ignite Radio Live. You're with Greg and Stephanie Schleter over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. And we've really been enjoying this segment on our program called Faith in Music. And uh, what's particularly moving with us, we have a brother in Christ, Connor Flanagan, and it has been such a blessing to uh, see God's grace alive in him as he's working out that gift and uh, talking about, you know, the creative process and intuiting the heart of Christ. And, you know, he comes by way of an awesome Catholic family um, and just cultivating that gift and over time. And he's going to be married this coming Saturday. So uh, we're really excited for you, Connor. How are you doing tonight, Connor? Man, I'm nervous now. Saturday's going to be your past. Yeah. Well, thanks for taking the time out of your very busy schedule. And, um, and excited. And... Absolutely. And, you know, we didn't say this last week, but as you shared with us the song Ablaze, you know, we have this threefold approach or movements, if you will, to help parishes and families come alive. The first is spark. That's a meal plus message. It's all this, you know, fire imagery. So spark is the meal plus message. And that's it's meant to kind of engage the skeptical or uh, just disinterested and, and get them to be open. And then we have Ignite, which many of our listeners know is this awesome worship adoration experience, this relational encounter with Jesus. That's to take the open and help them to become uh, eager, to help them become eager. And then um, introduce this past Pentecost, the very first time, the third movement is called Ablaze. And it's right from that Luke twelve forty nine, where where Jesus says, I've come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already ablaze. And uh, it's to take the eager and make them engaged disciples. And what was really cool this past Pentecost uh, was just the opportunity to kind of, if you will, take the gloves off, to open ourselves up to the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and uh, really to receive all that God wants for us, as Catholics, um, too often this has been reduced to maybe terms that you know kind of subset Catholicism. But we've really been inviting our audience to to recognize Catholics or otherwise that you know this is what it means to be alive in our faith and well anchored in our Catholic tradition. You know to seek that baptism of the Holy Spirit that all the popes have spoken about. So really awesome that you had shared with us with that that idea last week. And uh, so, kind of, what song do you have this week? Share with us um, a little bit of a background. Yeah, so we've been talking a little bit about this new album that I'm working on, and 
although the album's not the place to really share the fully produced songs, I have one song that I, I think I can share with you guys, and it's called Without You. Um, and I have an acoustic version of it that I really, really like. And the song kind of stemmed, I wrote it, uh, one, you know, the life of a songwriter can be weird. So I wrote this song at like 2.30 in the morning in my bathroom um, because I thought that... <laughs> of course I, you did. I lived in a very... Of course, right? I lived in a very a small apartment building, and I was like, where would be the place the sound could be contained the most if I really kind of want to jam this song out? And I was like, of course, the bathroom. So, uh, <laughs> you know, just for the, a, funny, a funny image of where a song comes from, but... Um, so I had a cup of tea. I was sitting on the on the bathroom sink, and I <laughs> that's had my, even, my notebook That's even there, better. What <laughs> an image. You know, and I'm sitting there, and uh, I had this moment of, um, the chorus of the song goes, I'm gone, I'm down, I'm in, through thick and thin. My God, you know that I would go through it again. I'd have nothing left without you. And it was mm. just this imagery of, um, you know, Lord, whatever I'm going through right now, or whatever I have gone through, or whatever is ahead of me, you know, the worst it could get, I know that I would go through that again if you asked me to because mm-hmm. I'm completely sold out for you and I would be nothing without the relationship I have with you. And and this song has really kept me honest, you know, and that's the hard part about being a songwriter is you write things that the Lord's doing and sharing and obviously you want to touch other people's hearts, but then it's like, wow, now I, now I really have to live this because it's right. out for the world to hear and see and... Um, and so this song specifically, it's like whenever, and I'm not talking about big tragedies, I'm talking about daily complacency or laziness or a, la- a lack of charity or impatience, you know, it's like, Lord, you know, why do I doubt you in those little moments? I can't, I, I know who you are and what you've done in my life. And so this song, on a kind of a daily basis, it's like it's just a, a kind of a gut-wrenching reminder of, Lord, I am <clears throat> nothing without you. Um, so I'm excited for all you guys to hear it. Awesome. Now, what's the name of the song, Connor? Without You. Without You. So, folks, blessed to have Connor with us. This is the fourth uh, episode of Ignite Radio Live, the fourth song, and we're inviting all of you again to join Connor and all of us for Ignite Catholic Family Festival. This is the last week to get those discount tickets. IgniteFamily.Eventbrite.com. Again, IgniteFamily.Eventbrite.com. The song is Without You, Connor Fernandez. Our heart is racing, yeah, I don't even know I'm 
Falling faster, slower I'm taking over I'm going down a minute Thick and thin My God, you know that I won't do it again I have nothing left Nothing left, yeah I'm going down a minute Thick and thin My God, you know that I won't do it again I have nothing left Stephanie Schleter on Ignite Radio Live, and that was Connor Flanagan. The awesome Connor Flanagan. The awesome Connor Flanagan on the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. Connor will be joining us this coming Saturday, August 13th, at the second annual Ignite Catholic Family Festival. And there's still a very short window to register, folks. Go to ignitefamily.eventbrite.com. Type in the discount code Thy Kingdom Come for even cheaper tickets but we hope to um, see you there it's going to be a wonderful wonderful celebratory day as eddie and anna talked about just we need that joy we need the light amidst all this stuff going on in our world speaking of which that's our lead-in to end this wonderful time with you in prayer in the name of the father and the son and of the holy Holy spirit Spirit. Amen. amen Lord, Brenda asks for prayers for the family of 14-year-old Sophie who died from a bicycle accident. Be with them, Lord God, in this time of great grief. May you be their rock. We lift up in prayer with Gigi this terrorism act that some witnessed at World Youth Day that Anna spoke of. In fact, Lord, uh, those who've experienced this and any terror throughout the world, Lord, that there'd be transformation and healing of memories and emotions and an abundance of mercy and end of violence in this world. Lord, we lift up Patrice in her time as a volunteer in Tanzania. She wants prayers, Lord, for her students and the people there that she's learning to call family. The Universal Church is truly a beautiful thing, Lord God. Bless them and unite us all in your most sacred hearts. My brother Tom Brannigan uh, from my high school class joined with all of other classmates. Lift up our other classmate, Augie, who is struggling stage four cancer, young man. And we just pray for truly 
Lord, healing. We do claim healing, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. And all those who are afflicted by cancer, we claim healing in their lives. And uh, Lord, just through it all that they experience your abiding presence and purpose. And to that prayer for healing, Lord, we add Robert's request for Yvonne. Just continue to be with her, to be with those who care for her um, in her sickness, and just grant a miracle of healing, Lord. We pray for the repose of Mary's soul. We join Donna in this prayer and all of those who have died, Lord, that uh, eternal grasp rest truly be granted unto them and the perpetual light shine upon them that their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed to the mercy of God rest in peace. We join Brenda's prayer for Sister Sylvia who had surgery today. Lord God, um, just bless her in this time of healing and be with all of those who will be taking care of her. Lord, we lift up Mary's prayer for her friend and their three young children who lost their husband uh, and uh, dad to cancer. Just, Lord, that they, uh, gosh, can't imagine, Lord, just that they know your love and they know your presence through us. Sharon prays for health and healing, along with Terry asking for prayers for her mom, Susan, who is suffering from a type of of leukemia. Lord, so many people in need of healing, so many people in sickness. We just claim your victory and your power over them, Lord. And we also unite that with Terry's special intention. We lift up uh, our awesome Secretary of St. Joan of Arc, Kay's husband, Tom, who's undergoing heart surgery tomorrow. May they know your abiding presence. May you be with the surgeons and medical folks. And uh, just that there be healing, Lord God, and uh, your will be all the more known and they experience your presence. And in thanksgiving for Kay and the beautiful servant heart she is to all the people at St. Joan of Arc. Susan prays for the soul of Rosemary and strength for the family. And we pray so heartfeltly, Lord, with Candy's request for world peace that we may embrace the rosary as Our Lady of Fatima um, has commanded us to do, Lord. May we use that rosary as a weapon of peace. Dear Lord, you've made us for more than just being consumers, but to be instruments of your grace. Give us your heart tonight for one person in our home. Your healing hand and presence through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Hi, this is Brett Hudabrinker, parish manager of St. Jerome in Walbridge. Thank you for listening to Annunciation Radio in the Diocese of Toledo. Faith with Frequency. The Catholic Church teaches that Jesus Christ is literally and wholly present, body and blood, soul and divinity, under the appearances of bread and wine. 